0: It's always okay, and I think we need to give ourselves permission first, always okay to change your mind, to not enjoy something, or to figure out this is not for me. Yeah. And you are not letting anybody down. People need to be able to hear the word no or hear the word no thank you or I've changed my mind, this is okay. Come on,
1: And of course, I wouldn't be here without my regular sidekick accomplice, Tanya Coons. We're chatting about consent. We had previously a very special guest uh, in Dr. Medi Martin come in on the show, who is a chiropractor, a body electric school trained, sacred, intimate, certified sexological (laughs) body workers foundation, (laughs) foundations of facilitation, trainer, um, erotic adventurer, intimacy coach and the reason why we're kind of relaying that information is because uh, we're picking up sort of where we left off in our chat with Betty on consent,
0: right? Yeah. Yes, Betty's got such an impressive resume there and there was a lot to say and people's, people's feedback after this segment was, you guys just literally just scratched on the top of the surface and so mm-hmm. we thought we take some more questions and uh, have a little bit of a, a chat further. So here we are and do please call in if you've got some questions on consent and how that may work for you or how it hasn't worked.
1: The biggest thing that we kind of touched on last episode was what is meant by informed consent?
0: informed consent it's interesting because i think that this is used in the medical model so if you think about going in for surgery Mm -hmm. or something like that people say okay so you're going to have anesthetic will your body react this way are you allergic to anything you're going to be in hospital it's this amount of time it will cost you this much and then you sign a form Mm -hmm. that says yes i understand all of this i'm consenting and then i'm wavering um things that I might like to complain about later because you have told me all of the risks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so that's that's an example of con- informed consent. And then Betty also
1: mentioned that while its usage is appropriate in some contexts, like you said, well, with medical procedures, in a sexual context, it tends to reinforce a very traditional and potentially damaging perspective or, I guess, like, negotiation of consent.
0: Yeah. I really like the way that you put that, because really informed consent is, it's agreeing to something when you've been given all the relevant information. Mm. So just just relay that to sex a little bit. How much of the relevant information do we have when we're chatting to people? And I think this is where Betty's model, the wheel of consent, really comes into power. Because a lot of time people are using consent as sort of a gatekeeper, a yes or no, stop or go. Um, Whereas, you know, consent is going to talk about what will happen, but also what won't happen. Yes. It is relevant for now. Like, what was great yesterday might not be okay today. Maybe yesterday I had a rollicking good time and I might have some bruises on my body or something different that makes me today want to be a little bit more gentle. Or I might be hungover or there might be some emotional things going on. Or I might be with a different human that does different things. Who knows? Mm. So I think thinking about it and talking about it and feeling into it every single time is important.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, with that in mind... Why do you think informed consent has still taken off when trying to improve the education and awareness around consent generally?
0: Well, Because I think people don't actually understand what consent really is. And one of the beautiful things about Betty's work is she realised that when people were on her massage table and she said, what would you like the great majority of them went, I don't know, mm. right? And, and people find that really, really tricky. I can be in the same situation. Sometimes folks ask me, what do you want? And my brain just goes, I could have whatever I want. What is that? I don't know. Uh, and people don't know how to feel into their body. Mm. Um, I think to in- inform consent around sex, com- sex comes with disclosure. What about STIs? What's your relationship status? Are you seeing other people? What's, how old are you? Like, There's a lot of things that I think you can relate to that informed consent, but then there's the what's happening for me right now, and we'll get into that a little bit later about, you know, how come sometimes we do things and then it doesn't feel okay. Uh, I think the better we know ourselves, the better informed decisions we make. But when it comes to sex, people feel very anxious, feel very ashamed. There's heaps of stigma. It's not a natural conversation. No. I say all the time that people like in talking about sex are talking about death, which I think is such a shame because it could be fun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: that's a good point. So, hey, if you're listening, there's your little recap on everything we spoke about with uh, Dr. Betty Martin a few weeks ago. And we're diving a little bit deeper today and especially on this idea of informed consent, which... I guess like on the surface maybe sounds like oh yeah you should be like informed in what things are going to be happening in you know a bedroom circumstance you are going to chat through like so you know exactly what's going on but there are also levels to this idea of informed informed consent that isn't maybe as like easy
0: or mm, not as nuanced maybe. yeah yeah so I think the example we gave last week was um hey babe do you want a massage Mm. and some and babe says yes right does that sound like consent kind of it it does doesn't it kind of yeah but we haven't asked some basic questions and this is where the wheel of consent comes in there are three basic questions we're always asking who is doing versus who is being done to Mm. who is giving the gift and who is receiving the gift so essentially who is this for yeah right so who is the massage for is it for babe who's got sore shoulders is it for the person who offered the massage because they want to touch babe's butt uh is it for the person who offered the massage because they'd like it to lead to sex three very excellent reasons for having a massage nothing's wrong there but imagine if you felt like you were going to get a lovely remedial massage for your shoulders and suddenly someone starts touching your butt
1: yes things (laughs) go a little a little different uh, than what you maybe first spoke about yeah Um, I'm really curious though, Tanya, do you think there's still a place for informed consent in this like general discussion or should we be moving into a different direction like Betty's wheel of consent?
0: Um, I think we should be teaching the wheel of consent everywhere. I've been passionate about this since I stumbled onto it about five or six years ago. Because I think very few people actually know what they want. So how can you give informed consent if you don't know what you want? Yeah. A lot of people are consenting to what they think their partner wants, what they think society tells them sex is about. So if we can teach people to pause, to feel into their body, Mm. which is a foreign concept to many people and to work out what it is they actually want, that would be massively useful because the better you know yourself, the better informed decisions you're going to make. Yeah. So we need to also understand, like I said, what was okay yesterday might not be okay today and that our bodies are changing constantly, day to day, hour to hour, minute to minute.
1: Yeah. And then there's also in part of her wheel of consent, this like shadow side what
0: does it mean, give us a little quick once over? The shadow side. Okay, so um, basically the shadow side is what happens when you're out of consent. So Betty has four quadrants to her wheel. She's got the giving and receiving, which we mostly understand. The person who's the giver is... um offering something and the person who's uh, receiving is is accepting that. Mm -hmm. And then you also have take and allow, right? So um, I would like to do something to you that's taking and the allowing is, sure, I would like to donate my body or parts of my body to you to do that, right? So when you're outside of consent, so sometimes it's like I am going to give my partner a massage, but maybe your partner doesn't want that. Mm -hmm. So giving without getting consent from your partner, might put you into things like um, being a do-gooder, like giving so you can get, like if I give you a massage, then I might get sex, that sort of thing. Uh, Maybe you're giving yourself a little bit of a being a bit of a martyr. Mm. Oh, I have to give you massages because otherwise I won't get laid, that kind of thing. Um, sometimes people receive outside of consent. So, like, oh, my partner's being really nice. I don't have the heart to tell them that I don't really like massages, or I don't really like being touched there, or I actually don't feel like this right now. So they they kind of tolerate things. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then I think the taking taking we know like when people take touch or grope or assault or rape or their perpetrators. We know that 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 one outside of consent. But we also don't understand that people allow a lot, particularly in relationships. So if you're allowing, you could be um, tolerating, ex- you know, accepting, enduring, you could be a doormat, you could be a pushover, you could feel like a victim, you could feel passive in your own sex life. So there's a lot to discuss. Yeah. And, and I think people don't realise often that they are outside of consent, I have so many conversations in my day-to-day practice with people who are tolerating or enduring stuff because they think that that's what sex is or that's what they have to do because they're in a certain type of relationship. Yeah. Uh, And that's that's when they realize, no, they don't have to. And when their partner realizes, oh, my goodness, you've been putting up with things that you don't really like. This is, you know upsetting because i want you to have a really great time not to go through emotions and do things to just get through it yeah. yeah 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 there's a lot of pleasure missing when people are outside of consent so you know shock it all comes down to
1: the big c communication ah
0: there it is again that big sexy <laughs> word
1: You are listening to Let's Talk About Sex on FBI Radio 94.5, a segment all about uh, getting to know and improve just all-around discussions on sexual pleasure and wellness with our resident uh, sexologist and pleasure activist Tanya Coons. We're talking all about consent today and we've gone through how you really, like the different layers in communicating and essentially negotiating consent. But I want to know, Tanya, what about if you maybe kind of politely want to say no or or turn down a suggestion? in this space. What what are some tips on, like, refusing things if if you no, don't feel like giving consent in that sense?
0: Yeah, well, uh, mm, I think what you're doing is withdrawing consent, but it, fi- it feels like sometimes it's hard to use your words mm. maybe or, or, or like, I don't like what's happening now, what can I do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes maybe just gently moving someone's hand away or their body or your body. Just um, you can take yourself out of a situation Uh, You can say, no, thanks, I'm not ready for that yet, really gently. um, Saying slow down and saying slow down often, (laughs) I have found, very, very necessary. Uh, People seem to be in a hurry. Uh, sometimes they're in a hurry because they're anxious about their performance. Sometimes they're in a hurry because they want to get to the good bits. Sometimes they're in a hurry because they have a lack of sex education and might be a little bit ignorant around warm-up times or other fun things that you can do that are outside certain receptive activities. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, If it's not going well at all, you can remove yourself. Get up, go to the loo, shake it out, do whatever you need to do. Say, no, that's not good. Shake it out. (laughs) Cute. (laughs) Um, You could get back to the, check back to the agreements you made and say, oh, I don't think we agreed to this or this one might need some discussion or I'm not up for this today. Uh, And I know that people find this stuff so hard to speak about, but. What what will happen and we'll come to this is, you know, otherwise we wind up doing things tolerating or enduring and we have situations that I call don't pass the sunlight test. So when you wake up the next day, you're like, Baha, I'm not really happy with what went down. Mm. Uh, and that, that can be really tricky because if we're struggling, because I know on, on the inside of people's heads, they're like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't know what to say. It's always okay. And I think we need to give ourselves permission first Always okay to change your mind, to not enjoy something or to figure out this is not for me. Yeah. And you are not letting anybody down. People need to be able to hear the word no or hear the word no thank you or I've changed my mind, this is okay. You don't have to go through with things just because it was a good idea some minutes or hours ago. Uh, I think a lot of people learn about their bodies by doing. I think a lot of people are holding trauma and past experiences in their body. And when they come up against it in sex or when they something they thought was a good idea isn't, they find it really hard to, to put their hand up and say, actually, no. Mm. Uh, but it is always okay. And I, I think people are getting better. Yeah. But we need to say this over and over and over and over and over again. So I can't say it enough. It's all right to move away. Say no thank you. I'm not ready or this isn't right for me right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, that really makes me think of Betty's point in asking for consent before and during Um, because I think also it's pretty easy to feel maybe like lost or caught up in the moment and kind of catching yourself afterwards, realising like, oh, actually, yeah, Yeah. I'm not really 100% sure on this. What if you are in that that circumstance in particular where you um, get yourself caught up in, you know, just the adrenaline and the desire that's going on but realizing maybe oh actually I'm not quite a hundred percent sure this is what I want to do or I want to go any further
0: yeah it's really checking in with yourself around what's happening and so people sort of say oh what is mindful sex and we I think we're gonna have a quick chat on that in a sec but uh, it's checking. It's the checking in. So I think sometimes people can be a bit dissociative where they go into routine and habits or they're dissociating for reasons because unpleasant things may have happened in the past. Yeah. I think the checking in with yourself, because you, you don't want consent to be, is this okay, is that okay, is this okay, is that okay? That does get dull quickly. But checking in as you're going along. So how are you going over there? You know, Are we having fun? Is this working for you how does that feel is you know that that's that sort of checking in like, mm. uh, but also checking in with yourself how am I feeling how is this feeling am I enjoying this what, what would I like did I agree to this um, am I experiencing pain or discomfort do I want this I think these are questions people don't pause and ask but they might be having thoughts around it. It's like it's suddenly like ooh no oh I'm not sure, Ugh. and it can be all awkward in our brains. But and then people start worrying about well uh, I said that I wanted to do this and I might upset my partner or what if they get upset or what if they get angry? Yeah. And I think we need to answer the what if. Um, the what if is that's too bad. Uh, and they <laughs> they they need to be able to handle themselves as a grown ass adult. And most people can. Yeah. Because we get told no all the time. No, you didn't get the job. No, you didn't get the bank loan. No, we've run out of that at the shop. Whatever it is. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I don't want to go on a date with you. We get it all the time. So why, when we're naked, are we not allowed to say no? And, and why aren't we checking in with ourselves? So I think the more we check in, the easier it's going to be to be able to articulate what it is we want. Sometimes, you know, people find it really difficult to use words, but you can, hmm, if it's going well, "Mm -mm," if things aren't going so well, or move things or do things. There's lots of ways. But asking yourself, am I enjoying this? Yeah. Yeah. ask that beautiful question, who is this for? Am I giving my partner a gift? Is this for me? What is it that I want? Um, Yeah, those sorts of things. And I also think... The check-in point here is that sometimes people go outside of consent and their autonomic nervous system will set them into freeze or fawn. Yeah. So they're going to either not do much or they're going to go into pleasing their partner. Uh, So it's very, very good for you to check in with your partner as well as yourself. So some signs that your partner might be outside of consent and not able to talk to you is if they go nonverbal, if they get clammy skin, if they start shrinking away from your touch. Sometimes dilated pupils are a sign, but they can also be a sign of other fun times. So <laughs> not reliable. Um, but stop and check in. And if your partner doesn't answer you like, is this okay? How are we doing? Stop. Yeah. Stop everything, have a cuddle. I just want to check in. And before we do anything else, let's just take a moment, right, and see what's happening there.
1: Well said, as always, Tanya. We've been ranging on a whole different, I don't even know what to call them, different points or topics on uh, consent, whether you should go down the wheel of informed consent or the um, wheel of consent, ways to discuss and I guess like navigate situations should your consent change
0: yeah withdrawing consent
1: exactly Mm. um but there's a really interesting next point I want to talk to you about Tanya as we wrap up today um about this question of like if mindfulness during sex was is is a thing and if it was um is that something that you recommend like how does
0: how does it work (laughs) Um, mindfulness during sex is absolutely a thing and I'm pretty well known for saying the best ingredient for good sex is to be present because I think a lot of us are up in our heads. Mm. We're worrying, um, um, you know, do I look good? Am I wobbling? Does my body look okay? What's going to happen? Am I going to perform well? What does my partner want? What do I want? Will this hurt? All this sort of thinking, which Mm. is not particularly sexy, if you ask me, not that great. Um, So, I will often give clients homework because often when I'm working with folks with penises who might be having erection problems or difficulties, they can really worry. You know, the thought will come into their head. What if I lose my erection? Okay, fair enough. Um, That can also happen to folks with vulvas or anyone. What if I experience pain? What if this doesn't go well? What if they don't like what I'm doing? Bah, bah, bah. So when we're doing a what if question, we tend to be anxious and our brain will time travel into the future, even if it's just in the next minute, to the potential disaster. And then it will very generously give us the stress as if Mm. that disaster is happening when it's not. Right. So what we want to do is come back to now. Yeah. Because when we're in the present we're having a good time generally. That's um, that's When we're in the future, we're, we're always what if, what if, and when we're in the past, we're yeah, doing totally coulda, shoulda, woulda, oughta. But when we're in the now, things tend to be quite good. So how to do that is to have a little chat in your mind. So tune into the senses. It's impossible for your brain to be time-travelling backwards or forwards if you're thinking about the senses right now. So thoughts in your head like, oh, they look really hot from this angle, well back to now or "Mm, I really love that little sound that you make back to now "Mm well I really love it when you touch me there right or you do that thing with your tongue or Mm. whatever it is or "Mm -hmm, you smell great you taste great right (laughs) all of these things are going to keep you in the now yeah and I've had lots of folks come running back to see me after they've had that homework going oh I had the best sex that I've ever had. I had no idea that I could experience so much with my body. Bless. Right? Yeah. I think it's tricky because, you know, once you do it once, it doesn't mean this is it. Sex has changed forever. It's a thing. It's a practice. You've got to keep reminding yourself to do that. But the more you're tuned into what's happening with your body and the senses, the hotter things get.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh- Tanya, thank you so much for dropping by today. It's been an absolute pleasure as per, and I can't wait for, episode,
0: our 100th episode. One hundred. Also, I'm very afraid because it's right after two weeks of pride and I may be incoherent. She'll be right. She'll be right.